as we continue the journey of seven days, seven nights, more skeletons revealed. So if you are tuning in and you've just listened to the last episode, I Got Moves 2, we are starting to unravel more of Mackenzie's little hidden skeletons or secrets. Um, and in this last episode, we find out that our girl made her way through college as an exotic dancer and still has the moves apparently as she pulled some of them out during her and Adele's Adair's visit to a Miami strip club. I have to say, I definitely am living curiously through Mackenzie. Mackenzie is my kind of girl. Like in real life, I would want Mackenzie as one of my friends. Um, again, I'm reading this book as a reader for the first time. So I'm not reading this as the writer and making sure that everything is in context, everything flows. Um, the last time that I read this, it was in that manner. It was reading the final manuscript from the editor before going to print and just making sure everything flowed. But I didn't sit back and really embrace everything like I am now. And yes, I am, I'm excited. I am living for... Mackenzie. Um, as I've said before, it's very interesting to see um, this book written, you know, maybe nine, ten years ago, and how much so, how so much of it is kind of relating to where I am at this point in my real life. Now, no, I'm not jumping on no stripper poles and no stripper stages, so don't get any ideas. But just her boldness and her confidence, like I am living for that. I don't know about you, but. I am here for it. So not going to take too much of your time recapping the last episode. If you have not listened to it, I definitely would say before you go further, stop and go back and check out the last episodes. But for those of you who are all caught up and ready, as we do every time, get you something to drink, get comfortable, relax, and let our journey continue. All aboard. I did not get up until noon the next day. If it was not for the sun beaming through the room, I would still have been asleep. I woke up to find Adair gazing at me as he stood in front of the door leading to the balcony. I smiled as he winked at me. He looked so edible standing there in his linen pants and no top. He had to have been awake for some time because he was dressed and looked so refreshed. Get up, sleepyhead. All I could do was continue to smile. I looked out on the balcony and saw that he had two beautiful roses on the bistro-style table along with two place settings. What's all that, I asked as I pointed to the display. He chuckled and just directed me to the shower and to get dressed. I knew we did not have a lot of time to play around with because we needed to leave out the hotel by two to get to the dock on time. I managed to muster enough energy to get out the bed and get my things together. I left only my cosmetics and pulled out a hot pink sundress. Adair nodded in approval of my outfit as I headed to the shower. As I showered, I could hear the music blasting from the other room. I was feeling a little giddy as I showered. Since Adair and I took flight, I would have brief moments of doubt about him here with me. But for some reason, this morning, I was not having any doubts and was not bashing myself internally for the how, what, and why surrounding my decisions in these last few days. When I got out of the shower, Adele was sitting on the balcony with his feet propped on the railing. I got dressed and quickly applied some lip gloss and some eyeliner so that I could join him. 
I walked up behind him and placed my arms around his neck as I kissed him on the lobe of his left ear. He reached back and firmly placed his hand on my arm. His touch ignited something inside of me each time. I took a seat in the chair next to him as he reached for a plate. While I was in the shower, he had ordered some brunch bagels, fresh fruit, thinly sliced ham, and mimosas. We ate in silence. Periodically, he would gaze, we would gaze into each other's eyes for brief moments that seemed like forever. Our quiet time was interrupted by the loud sound of my cell phone. I think you better get that, he said as he broke the silence. I got up to get the hot box, only to find it was Kelly. Hey, Kelly, I, I said as I answered the phone. Hey, hot mama, how are you and Mr. Sexy coming along, she questioned. All is well, no complaints, I responded. As Kelly and I talked on the phone, I put the finishing touches on packing my luggage and doing one last look over other rooms to make sure Adele and I had not left anything behind. Kelly really did not want much of anything. She was still tripping over me, skipping out on my wedding and coming down to Miami with Adair. I swear, Mackenzie, as and I know you still had that spontaneity left in you. We both chuckled. I saw Dale look at his watch and realized that it was near time for us to head to the dock. Well, Kelly, you and Jay say I need to live. So I'm doing just that. Living. I explained. I could hear Kelly smiling on the other end of the phone. Enjoy every moment. I don't know him, but I will say that I do see something I did not see when you and Milton were together. I dealt with Milton because he seemed good for you at that point in your life. Something about Adair says that he could be your today, tomorrow, and forever. It felt good hearing that from my friend. It was also added confirmation that I had not lost my mind. As I wrapped up the call with Kelly, I asked that she tell my mom and Jay where I was headed to and I was headed to on the next leg of my adventure with Adair. So don't scream when I tell you this, but Adair and I are headed on a cruise. I will be back in a few days, I stated as I waited for her response. For one of very few times, Kelly was speechless. Hello, I shouted through the phone, fighting back laughter. Adair had joined me in the room and began to move the bags to the sitting room for Juan to pick up. Well, damn, those were Kelly's only words as we ended our call. I knew she was dialing Jay as soon as we hung up. As Adair and I rode over to the dock, we just held hands and embraced each other, embraced another, excuse me, moment of silence. We both knew that once we got on that ship, there was no turning back. After last night at the strip club, I knew that he and I would have a good time on this trip. Last night was just the beginning to many more fun-filled nights. There were cabs and cars everywhere as we pulled into the dock. I was looking all around to see who would be joining us on this adventure. There was a mixture of people preparing to board. Adair grabbed my hand and led me to the customs check-in where we dropped off our bags. Once they checked our passports, they handed us our cabin information. I was so glad we got there early because we had got ahead of the last-minute crowd. There were photo booths set up everywhere. A nice-looking Asian man dressed in Caribbean colors in a dreadlock wig directed Adair and I over to the staging area. We took our place in front of the welcome aboard backdrop. Adair grabbed me around the waist as we smiled for the camera. After taking the picture, we headed straight to the Lido deck. Once we got there, people were everywhere with drinks. Adair flagged down a waiter and purchased us two specialty drinks. I didn't catch the name of the drink, but it was good. Not too strong, not too sweet. This was a drink that went down so smoothly that it was bound to sneak up on me later. I was on vacation, so I did not care. 
As more people began to board the ship, Adair and I made our way to the very front of the ship so that we could get a good spot prior to the ship leaving the dock. We were able to find a spot right in the center. As we waited, Adair pulled out the camera and began snapping pictures. I felt like I was on a photo shoot the way that he was snapping. The more he snapped, the more I posed. We laughed once we laughed once what we were doing set in. It was his turn to be in front of the camera, so I snatched it from him and began snapping away. At 3.55, the captain came over the loud system welcoming us all aboard the ship. As Adair and I waited for the ship to drift away, an older couple came and settled in beside us. We greeted them with a smile. They were one of those couples that you could look at and just tell that they had been together forever. They had on their matching outfits from head to toe, floor print shirts, denim shorts, and sandals. The wife had on a straw visor and the husband had on a matching straw bucket style hat. We chuckled as we looked them over. Are you celebrating your honeymoon, babies? The older lady asked. I was a little taken aback by her question. No, ma'am, not a honeymoon, but this is a special trip for us both, Adair answered. How sweet. You both look amazing together. You remind me of us when we were young lovers. I can see something special in you, too. Well, I hope you enjoy the trip. I'm sure we will see you around, she said. Adair wrapped his arms around me and pulled me close to him as the captain counted down our departure. Everyone on the ship joined in on the countdown. As each number counted down, the closer he pulled me in. Adele was holding, me, was holding on to me as if his life depended on it. With each embrace, I felt more connected to him. Bon voyage, the entire ship shouted as we started to back out of the dock. Several people were waving at loved ones and spectators that watched us from land as we set out to sea. Instead of waving at the crowd, I turned to face Adair and we looked into and we locked into yet another passionate kiss. At that moment, nothing else around us mattered. I was so caught up in a dare and the feeling of belonging that had resonated inside of me. Our kiss was cut short by a flight, a bright flash. One of the crew's photographers had captured that moment on camera. I could not wait to see how that picture would come out. There's no turning back now, baby. We are about to make it do what it do, said Adair as he grabbed my hand and we headed down to one of the designated areas to hear the safety drill that would be happening shortly. I was so nosy when we got to the lower level where we listened to the safety drill. Everyone was so busy chatting amongst each other that it was hard to hear what the instructor was saying. We chuckled as we glanced at some odd looking couples throughout the crowd. This was clearly going to be an interesting adventure. As we continued to look around, I overheard a conversation a group of women were having nearby. Girl, there is some fine men on this cruise ship. Too bad many of them are coupled up already. Next year, we have to look into doing a singles cruise, said the shortest of the three women. As she made her statement, she looked Adair up and down and cut her eye at me. I smiled in acknowledgement of hearing her comment and pulled Adair closer to me. I knew I had nothing to worry about. Even on a drunk night, she was not Adair's type. The female who made the comment was short and round. She had her hair braided in a cute pixie style, and I took notice of a huge gap in the front of her teeth. She was wearing a pair of denim capri pants, floor, floor print tank top, which she had wrongfully belted at the waist, and some hot pink flip-flops to bring out the bright colors in the top. The other two women had on floor print dresses to match the top she was wearing. They both were caramel complexion with braids to the back and were about my size and height. They laughed and high-fived in agreement to their girlfriend's statement. 
After the safety drill was done, the instructor announced we could now check into our cabins and our bags would arrive momentarily. Adara and I had a balcony suite. I was excited to see what it looked like. The travel agent was about was able to get us the upgrade free of charge, so I did not turn it down at all. Adara grabbed my hand as we maneuvered through the crowd. The lines for the elevator were ridiculously long, so we opted for the stairs. I walked in front of him and glanced back a few times to see him staring at my ass. Are you undressing me with your eyes? I asked in between pants to catch my breath. Adair chuckled at my question before he responded. You better be lucky that all I'm doing, that's all I'm doing right now is looking. He placed a gentle pat on my backside as we reached the last set of stairs. The hallway seemed as if it went on forever. Luckily, our room was only a few doors down from the stairs and the elevator. Adair handed me the key to open the door. I took a deep breath as I slid the key card in. The room was huge. It was way bigger than the normal staterooms on the ship. As soon as you entered the room, there was the closet on the other, and on the opposite side was the bathroom. There was a huge king-size bed, king bed in the center of the room. On the bed was a tower creature. It appeared to be an elephant. I was always amazed at how they made those things. Closer to the balcony was a little sitting area decorated with a burgundy-colored love seat, and across from that was the matching swing chair and footrest. There were oversized blue and gold pillows that complemented each piece of furniture. On the coffee table was a huge gift basket. Adair reached for the card that was attached to it. You deserve this new beginning. This is for you as you set sail on that new beginning. Let your hair down, be free as a bird, and enjoy. Tracy. I thought that was really sweet of her. When I made the change in plans, I gave Tracy the watered-down version of why I needed the instant change. She was really understanding and empathetic of the situation. This gesture from her was another reminder that I needed to send something special to her once I returned. Azara and I looked through the basket of goodies. There was a bottle of wine, two wine glasses, a box of chocolates, some edible body paints, massage oils, some romantic dice, and a blindfold. Azara and I just looked at each other with devilish grins as we pulled each item out. Kiss on the lips, he said as he rolled the dice. I laughed at him as I obliged his request. Our kiss was cut short by a knock at the door by the crew delivering our luggage. I swear that was the quickest I had ever received my luggage on a cruise. Usually it was 30 minutes before dinner before they, there was any sign of luggage being delivered. We both took a few minutes to pull out what we would wear to dinner. I love eating in the main dining room. Not only was the food good, but it gave us a chance to dress up and interact with our table mates. Hopefully they would be a fun group or maybe we would have a table for two. I already knew that I was going, I already knew what I was going to wear. So it took me no time. I could see Adair stalling to see what I would wear so that he could coordinate in any way possible. I chuckled inside as I waited for him to get situated. Once he had his clothing laid out, we placed the bags in the closet and headed out of the room to tour our living quarters for the next few days. Once we got back on the main deck, we headed right to the bar for another specialty drink. As we got our drinks, we spotted two seats right in front of the band that was playing. There were a few couples already prancing around to the soca tunes that were, were blaring out. It was all about having fun and they were doing just that. As Adair and I sat there continuing to take in our surroundings, we spotted the old couple from earlier heading our way. Hey there, baby, said the wife. Adair and I greeted them and invited them to join us at the table. I don't think we caught your names earlier, she continued. I am Mackenzie and this is Adair, I responded. As, as I was responding, I saw the husband flagging over a waiter. 
It seems like we are going to see a lot of you these next few days. What are you drinking? Asked the husband. Just whatever the specialty drink is for today, Adair responded. Just as the waiter approached, the husband ordered four of the specialty drinks. By the way, my name is Henry and this is my wife, Catherine. He said after placing the order. As we waited for our next round of drinks to return, Catherine grabbed Adair's hand and led him to the spot where the other people were dancing to the tunes of the band. I laughed as Adair and Catherine two steps to the Caribbean tunes. She loves to dance, Henry said. I bet she was something else in her younger days, I responded. As I tried to finish my drink before the other arrived. Henry chuckled in agreement. Adair was such a good sport. If I were here with Milton, he would have found some way to get out of it. Now that I think about it, Milton really was not much of a people person outside of people in his circle. I smiled as I saw Adair and Catherine head back to our table. Catherine had a really big smile on her face. The small gesture had really made her day. You better be lucky I'm an old lady, honey, because I would give you a run for your money. That is one sexy man you have. Keep your eye on him, Catherine said as she gave me a wink of the eye. We all continued to make small talk as we drank the round of drinks Henry had bought for the table. As we realized it was nearing time for dinner, Adair and I politely excused ourselves and thanked Henry for our drinks. Heard it all before. I was feeling a slight buzz from the drinks I had consumed. I felt my stomach getting a little nauseous and realized I needed to put on my motion sickness patch. I loved the ocean, but always got motion sickness if I did not use the patches. Azair teased and called me an old lady. I just poked him in the side as I went over to stretch out on the sofa. I closed my eyes for a mini nap while he showered. I was startled by the sound of my cell phone ringing. I really thought I had turned it off when we boarded the ship. I was surprised I was still getting reception. I quickly glanced at the caller ID and saw that it was Milton. Milton was being persistent about contacting me. I guess since I was not responding to his text messages, he decided to call. I took a deep breath and answered. There was silence initially. I had to say hello several times before he responded. Mackenzie. Yes, Milton, I said, suddenly irritated at the sound of his voice. Where the hell are you and what were you thinking leaving me at the altar? I was trying to remain calm despite the harshness in his tone as he spoke from the other end. Mackenzie, do you hear me talking to you? Excuse me. Milton, first of all, I need you to change your tone. I am not the one that is wrong in this situation. Your ass made me feel like I was the scum of the earth when you read about my past. When all along you had your own secrets. Then when I bring it up to you for clarity, you just disregard my feelings and say I have no choice but to deal with it. I blurted out in response. Silence fell upon us. This was becoming a ritual when he was in the wrong. Milton, I never asked you for anything other than to always be open and honest with me. I never expected perfection from you. We are human. We have our flaws. You clearly took advantage of me and my feelings for you. Your nonchalant attitude confirmed that. You expect me to be honest with you and you don't take heed to your own advice? Milton went on and on about how he did not think it mattered that he had a child. He even insisted that he was in North Carolina and was not sure why Desiree lied about him spending time with her. 
I couldn't believe what I was hearing, especially after Mama Wims stated in front of us both that she had not seen him since our last visit, which was months ago. Milton, I must have stupid written across my face. Not only did your mother not know about this child, she also had no clue about you being in Carolina during our spat. So you saying your mother is a liar as well? Mackenzie, I did not know how to tell you about my daughter. As far as my mother, I never told her or anyone in my family because I did not want to deal with all the drama that would have surfaced at that point in my life. My family has never been too fond of Desiree. So to say I had a child with her would have just made matters worse than they were than what they were, he explained. Nothing was adding up to me. I felt myself getting angry at Milton for continuing with this lie that he had created. To know he would deny his child was an instant turnoff. Ever since learning about his daughter, I began to question various situations that had occurred during the, during the course of our relationship. I had lost all trust and respect for him, and I made sure to express that in my conversation. Where are you, Mackenzie? Can I come to where you are so that we can talk, he asked. Just as I was about to respond, Adair returned to the room. I was happy to see him because I felt myself about to burst into tears and did not want to afford Milton that opportunity of thinking I cared. He came over and sat beside me and placed his arm around me. Milton, we really have nothing to talk about. I expressed how I felt in the letter that was left for you at the church. I will admit that maybe I should have addressed you personally, face to face, but the way I feel cannot be changed. I can never trust you again and without trust, we have nothing. I fired back as tears started to stream down my face. I didn't expect to get over my life of Milton overnight and knew that it would take some time to officially heal my hurt and anger. This trip was just a distraction, but I knew once I returned home, there would be memories there that I would be loved to deal with. Mackenzie, I am going to ask you again. Can I meet you so that we can talk? I don't understand you sometimes. You are being so one-sided right now. You plead for me to forgive you, but you are not willing to forgive me. If you love me, we can make this, we can work this out, Milton said. I could hear what sounded like tears building up in his voice. For the first time since we had been dealing with this, he was finally expressing some sort of emotion. But what I didn't get is why it took me leaving his ass at the altar to get a reaction out of him. As I sat there in silence, Adair stroked my arm. Even dealing with the emotion of Milton, I felt at ease having Adair there by my side. It was all happening so fast, but I really did feel assurance with him. This is the one thing I never felt with Milton. I always felt that when it came to emotion, Milton and I never connected. I am so convinced that part of the emotional disconnect between he and I was because of the secret he was carrying around. Milton had no more to say. All he continued to ask over and over was, what about love? What about love, Milton? Love would have made you tell me about your daughter, but instead I found out from a woman whom you declared you didn't even know. Love have allowed you to be, love would have allowed you to be honest about your whereabouts when I was beating myself over why you left. Love, Milton, would have allowed you to realize that I have feelings. Instead, you brush them off, off as if they did not matter. Love would have would allow you to think of more than just yourself and how you are affected by situations, but the effect that it has on other people. Milton, 
I will always have love for you, but your selfish ways have me questioning if I will ever be in love with you again. I have no regrets about not going through with the wedding. I stand strong on that decision and wish that you will value my request and have your shit out my house by the time I return. Milton again had no response. He fell into that silent mode that was becoming worn out at this point. I had entertained this conversation with him long enough. I said what was needed to be said and it was obvious he did not think his tactics were wrong. Not once during this conversation or past conversations did he apologize or accept responsibility for any of this. But Mackenzie, I love, Milton said as I powered down my phone. I did not allow him a chance to finish his statement. As the phone shut down, I handed it to Adair to place in the safe. I had no need to answer it for the duration of our trip. As Adair went to the safe, I followed behind him. I needed a hot shower to clear my thoughts and regroup on why I had taken this trip in the first place. Meet and greet. After the shower, I curled up in the middle of the bed. I needed a mini nap to put my conversation with Milton behind me. I was emotionally drained. Hey there, sexy lady. Time to wake up and have some fun, Adair said as he greeted me with a kiss on the forehead. I smiled as I looked at him. He was all dressed and ready to go. I looked over at the clock on the nightstand and didn't realize I had slept that long. The whole purpose of going back to the room was to make it to dinner on time. Why did you let me sleep so long? I asked as I walked past him to look in the closet to find something to wear. I glanced at what I had pulled out earlier and it was and I was not feeling it. Adair took a seat on the side of the bed and looked at me as I pulled out a few dresses and held them up for his approval. I went through about three dresses before I saw his face light up with a huge smile. I knew when I saw that smile, I had found the perfect dress for tonight. It was a strapless canary yellow sundress that stopped above the knee. It also had a brown braided belt that sat right under the bust. It definitely gave the girls a little extra lift. Once I was dressed, I spun around in front of Adair one final time. All he did was continue to smile and gave me two thumbs up. I sprayed on some perfume and we were out the door. We missed dinner, so we went straight to the Lido deck for the meet and greet party. The crowd was starting to come, so I told Adair to order our drinks while I looked around to see if I could find us a table. The shoes I was wearing were two-hour Be Cute shoes. You know, the ones you put on just to look good and sit around. They were not meant for prolonged periods of standing. I managed to find the same table we were at earlier with Henry and Catherine. As I sat down, I observed the people sitting nearby. I was always watching my surroundings. I saw some familiar faces from the safety drill. Drill. Adair was surrounded at the bar by a group of women who were checking him by the group of women who were checking him out earlier. I shook my head as he and I made eye contact. I could see them saying something to him and from the look on his face, he was not trying to hear it at all. I see you have fans. Catherine was right. I have to keep my good eye on you. I joked as he returned to the table with our drinks. He just laughed and took a sip from his drink. You have nothing at all to worry about, sexy lady. They have nothing on you, he said with extra reassurance in his tone. 
As we continue to talk, I noticed they had taken a seat at the table next to us and were eyeing me up and down. I just chuckled to myself. Women can be so childish sometimes, but I did not let it bother me. I was flattered that the man on my arm was admired by all the women we seen by all the women we seemed to come in contact with. So far, he was proven to not have wandering eyes, so I just went with the flow. I also knew that Adele was not my man, so if he did express interest in any of the women we encountered on this journey, I don't know if I would have the right to be upset. I wasn't trying to think about it, and it would be something to deal with if and when that situation arose. The host for the night took the microphone and thanked everyone for coming to the meet and greet. They had several fun things planned according to his announcement. Are you going to be brave tonight and volunteer for something, Adair asked, referring to my actions at the strip club. He always had some sort of joke. We both laughed at his comment as we watched the host walk around getting the crowd excited about all the fun things in store. They started with the limbo contest. There were several people that ran up to participate. Each participant had to say his or her name and where they were from. Adair and I laughed and as we saw several of the contestants make an attempt to make it under the bar. They had two young girls dressed in brightly colored print dresses holding the bar as each contestant took their chance. I saw one of the girls who had been admiring Adair up there. When it was her turn to go under, the other woman with her started to cheer her on. I have to give her credit. She was very limber for her size. She was halfway under the pole, which is very low to the ground, before her legs gave out from under her and she landed on her ass. I couldn't help but to laugh. I was not holding it in at all. Adair was even laughing. You know you did wrong, he said, as we continued to laugh. This challenge and alcohol clearly did not go hand in hand. After the last contestant made his attempt, the host thanked all those that came up to participate, mimicking some of the hilarious attempts. They all received a Carnival Cruise t-shirt for volunteering. They all were really good spirits about it. The next game was the telephone game. This was one of my childhood favorites. I still wave in my napkin obnoxiously for them to select Adair. It was not long before one of the assistants came over to grab him. Adair proved again to be a good sport and went up to participate. He was placed at the end of the line. There were about two other gentlemen and four women lined up across the front of the band. The hostess reached into a bag and grabbed a statement that he whispered into the ear of the lady standing at the start of the line. The expression on her face was priceless as she processed what she had said. As she processed what he had said. She then turned and whispered into the per whispered it to the person standing to the left of her. The anticipation from the crowd was building up as we all were wondering what the statement was, considering the expression on each person's face as they received the message. I pulled the camera out when it was time for Adair to say what the phrase was he had received. I started snapping pictures of, I started stop, snapping pictures as he went to speak into the mic. Cindy Lopper loves having sex on the beach, he blurted out. Everyone burst into laughter. The host laughed so hard he was red. It was obvious this was not the original statement sent through the line. He pulled the paper from his pocket and read what the original statement was. Cindy Crawford looks amazing in her swimsuit, he said. We all clapped as the participants returned to their seat with their t-shirts. I greeted Adair with a big kiss as he returned. The host announced that they were going to take a break and would be back with more fun games later in the night. He also suggested that everyone go over to the buffet which had been set up for us. 
Since I had missed dinner, I was heading to the direction of the buffet before he could even finish his statement. The food smelled and looked great. I was not a big fan of much Caribbean cuisine, but loved jerk chicken. My eyes lit up when I saw that towards the end of the buffet. Azair said he would get something later. He was into the curry goat and all of that. He could have that no matter how good it was. As I grabbed my plate, I caught a whiff of cool water cologne. I didn't know anyone still wore that. It smelled great and reminded me of someone from my past. Terrence. As I started to fix my plate, not only was the smell familiar, but the voice behind me as well. I was very hesitant to turn around. I was lucky that during my entire relationship with Melton, I never ran into anyone from my past. But what would be the chances now? I became so consumed with my with thought, I dropped my napkin. I think you dropped something, said the familiar, familiar voice from behind. I had no choice but to turn around since now the person behind me was talking directly to me. My luck recently has not been that great and all I needed was to turn around and see Terrence standing there. I was hesitant as I turned to acknowledge the person behind me. I braced myself, not sure what to expect. As I turned to get my napkin, I was relieved to see that it was not Terrence. I sighed with relief as I thanked the gentleman for picking up my napkin. I continued to get my food and hurried back to join Adair. Are you okay, baby? Adair asked as I returned to the table. He had been watching me the entire time and questioned the puzzled look upon my face. Was that someone you knew? Did he say something foul to you? You had this look of anxiety on your face as you interacted with the gentleman behind you, he continued. No, not at all, Adair. I was a little shocked because his cologne and the sound of his voice reminded me of someone I dated. We both know lately the cards have not been falling in my favor, so I was apprehensive about turning around, thinking it would have been Terrence. I said, Adair and I both chuckled at the silly thought. I mean, we were on a cruise ship. What would be the likelihood of running into anyone either of us knew? This Terrence must have been someone mighty special that the smell of his cologne and the sound of his voice put you in a state of apprehension like that, Adair said inquisitively. I could tell in the tone of his voice he wanted all the details of what went down between Terrence and me. Terrence was the love of my life at one point. He was so different than the other men of my past. He was dark-skinned, stood about 5'7", and weighed around 190 pounds. He was really preppy. If it was not polo, he was not wearing it. He liked bow ties and cardigans. Terrence had his own style. He loved pushing the fashion envelope. He was into art, wine tastings, and the theater. He really opened my eyes up to things outside of the club. Kelly and Jake clowned me for dating Terrence. They found it funny when I talked about us going to the ballet and art exhibits. To make matters worse, Terrence and I dated for months and never had sex. Kelly swore he was queer. We had intimate moments of kissing, cuddling, and caressing each other, but we never experienced the act of sexual contact. I admit, at first, it did bother me considering the type of man I was used to dealing with, but I really enjoyed the calmness that Terrence brought to my life. His family was religious and they believed in marriage before sex. When he expressed his family's beliefs, I did not judge him. I applauded him for having the willpower to abstain from sex until he made the ultimate commitment to a woman. That was a trait rare to find. He was not all the way perfect, though. Because he did drink and he would puff that green very frequently. 
it was those nights when he smoked that we came very close to coming through with a full act. Oftentimes, I felt wrong for wanting to take it there, knowing his desire to abstain. But I felt like it, if he was bold enough to get the temperature boiling, then he too should be ready to handle going all the way. Matter of fact, that was the reason for the arguments we had. Terrence would constantly get me all worked up and then leave me hot and bothered. Masturbation became one of my favorite things to do. In order to continue my relationship with Terrence, I needed some sort of release. Now that I am much wiser, I appreciate Terrence for his teasing because it allowed me to become one with myself and fully understand what I like and did not like sexually. I always believe that if I could not please myself, I would never be able to fully appreciate the pleasure bought upon me from someone else. A few times Terrence watched as I pleased myself. I could tell he was turned on because I could see an erection forming through his pants. One night I felt very bold and decided I would take my chances to see how far he would let me go. I took my hand and slid them in his pants. I got so energized as I felt his dick throbbing with excitement. Terrence had a nice package and my thoughts instantly were consumed with how good it would feel once he was deep inside of me. The more I thought about this, the further my hands ventured and I began to give him a hand job. His moans were such a turn on as I stroked him gently. With each stroke, he moaned louder. I continued to stroke his manhood to the melodic tune of moans. I was so I so badly wanted him to come. I was becoming turned on watching his erection to my gestures. Terrence was really enjoying the pleasure he was receiving. The more I stroked, the more relaxed he became. I was so close to having him explode when his roommate started banging on the door. It startled us both. I was beyond pissed. I left a few minutes after because there was a very awkward vibe between me and Terrence. Part of me felt bad for tempting him and I'm sure he felt violated. I avoided Terrence for a few days because I was not sure how he felt. I missed him like crazy, but at the same time, I had sexual desires that needed to be fulfilled. Cold showers and masturbation could only satisfy but so much. When I finally did speak to Terrence, I expressed my feelings and we both decided to take a break so that we could figure out what we really wanted. I knew that if I was to stay with him, I would have to respect his wishes to abstain from sex. There was no guarantee that he and I would get married, and if so, it definitely was no time soon. So to be with Terrence meant that I too would have to practice abstinence. I just wasn't sure if that was what I wanted. I love sex. I crave sex. And I think I had some sort I, and I think I had some sort of addiction. But I agreed to consider the future with Terrence and what along with putting things between us on pause. It was during the break with Terrence that I met Damien. While I was in the hospital dealing with my injuries from the assault, I blamed myself for being in that predicament. The more time I was spending with Damien, the further away I was pushing Terrence. It was to the point where Terrence and I eventually stopped talking altogether. Kelly called Terrence and told him about the situation with Damien. It took Terrence no time coming to the hospital. Mackenzie, I am so sorry. This was my fault. I never should have pushed you into the arms of another man, especially one that could do so much harm to you. I was supposed to protect you. I failed you. I failed you, Terrence said between tears. I was in so much pain from the fractured ribs, it was hard to speak. Terrence, this is not your fault. Please do not feel like you are the blame. I put myself in this situation being fast. 
I should have respected our arrangement, I mustered out in between faint breaths. Terrence climbed in bed with me and just helped me. He was there every day until I was released. He even stayed with me when I went home. Even after all that happened, Terrence still cared for me. Damien had destroyed me mentally. It was hard for me to emotionally attach to Terrence. I blamed myself more and more for Damien's assault and thought it was unfair for Terrence to be left putting the pieces together of my reckless actions. Kelly and my mom suggested I go to counseling to help, to help me get over the guilt. I was able to get, put my pride aside and agreed to the counseling sessions. I learned a lot about myself during those sessions and in the end, they proved to be very helpful for getting me to become a better Mackenzie. It was through the counseling sessions that I knew I needed to let Terrence go. Terrence deserved better than me. If Terrence and I were to have a, or to have a future together, we both would always be reminded of the ordeal with Damien. As in I want the thing which brought me and Terrence together to also be the one thing that caused me so much pain. It was hard leaving Terrence. He really was a good man. But I knew in order for me to really appreciate his worth, I needed to first get myself together and deal with the emotions that consumed me following the situation with Damien. Mrs. Thompson, my therapist, also agreed with this being the best decision. If Terrence is the right one for you, he will understand, she advised. A year had passed when Terrence called me out of the blue and we tried the relationship thing again. Everything was cool for about the first two months. We started having little spats about stupid stuff. The last straw for me was an argument we had in the mall about a bag. He wanted a separate bag for his shirt. I did not see any purpose since everything was going to the same place. So I ignored his request. request. Mackenzie, you can be so stupid at times. I know you heard me tell you to get another bag. You just stubborn as hell sometimes, I swear. I can see why that dude went upside your head, he yelled once we got into the car. I was speechless. I could not believe he would use that against me, regardless of how mad he was. As tears tears fell down my face, he went into apology mode. It was a little too late. Terrence, I do love you, but I love me more. I'm not sure what we were thinking getting back together. It was worth the try, but it's obvious you have some built up from some built up from frustration about what happened a year ago. There is no way a relationship between us can work if you if in the back of your mind, you are constantly thinking I am to blame for what happened. I can't believe you said that to me. I said between tears. The entire ride back was in silence. I gathered my things from his place and we never saw each other again. Damn, baby, you have really been unsuccessful in the relationship department, Adair said. I nodded in agreement because when I thought about it, I really did find myself in some fucked up situations. In my former life, I must have been one terrible person. That was the only thing I could think of to make sense of it all. The band was sounding good. Just about everyone was dancing. Adair took my hand and led me to the dance floor. The band was playing their version of Egyptian songs, Hold You. I noticed Adair's fan club cutting their eyes over at us as we moved about the dance floor. Do they not know I love all eyes on me? As they looked, I made sure to give them something to look at. I turned around so that my back was to the front of Adair. As the band went into the hook of the song, I used my body to seductively grind against him. 
I could tell he liked the way I was moving my body against his. He took his hand and placed them firmly against my waist, pulling me closer into him. The tight grip was turning me on. The tighter he held me, the harder I made my hips roll. We were in sync, our bodies moving as one on the dance floor. I felt myself getting moist and took that as a sign for me to end the dancing. I was now wearing the first pair of underwear and the last thing I needed was my juices flowing all down my legs. Adair, he had that effect to really get things flowing and this was not the place for a mess to occur. After we finished dancing, we decided we would head back to the room. Tomorrow, we will be docking in the Bahamas. This was one of my favorite destinations and I wanted to make sure we were up early enough so that I could make the most of my time on the island.